You Can Run a Marathon on the Alley on the Run show is brought to you by Generation You Can. Welcome to the Alley on the Run show. I'm your host, Allie Feller, and this series is all about helping you build your confidence so you can run your best, strongest, happiest marathon. So far in this series, we've heard from five professional and elite level athletes who have shared their own adventures in the 26.2 mile distance. And today, well, today we are hearing from everyone's favorite marathoner. Meb Kaflesky is one of the greatest and most loved runners of our time. Runner's World has even named him the most influential person in running. And I'd agree with that statement. Meb had a hugely successful professional running career. He became the only person to ever win the New York City Marathon, Boston Marathon, and Olympic silver medal. He technically retired two years ago, but he's certainly still on the run, and he loves talking running. It was really fun recording this episode with Meb live at Finish Line Physical Therapy in New York City, along with Generation You Can. Thanks so much to everyone who joined us for the show. It was so much fun. And if you couldn't make it in person, you're in luck because here it is. All right, everyone. Well, I want to thank you all for joining us here this afternoon. Uh, Really excited for a very special live podcast taping. I know none of you are here to hear from me. Uh, Everyone's here for Ali and Meb, so we're not gonna delay that much further. Um, But just wanted to take um, a really quick moment to introduce uh, myself and more importantly, you can. Um, So we've been really having a fun time working with Ali, uh, for any of you guys that are regular listeners of her podcast on our You Can Run a Marathon series. So we're featuring the stories of uh, several of our You Can athletes as well as um, some coaches and experts each week uh, on the Alley on the Run show to tell you guys everything you want to know about marathon training, gets you to really hear the experiences of the athletes who have lived it. Um, Who here is currently training for a marathon right now as we speak? Awesome. So, I mean, who better to hear marathon training advice from and even get a chance to pick his brain at the end than Meb. Um, You know, Meb really doesn't need much of an introduction. He's the only guy uh, on the planet to win the Boston Marathon, the New York City Marathon, and an Olympic silver medal, um, or an Olympic medal, I should say. So really, uh, Meb is one of the most accomplished and decorated marathoners there is. And and Meb's connection to to UCAN um, is really special. So back in 2009, um, when UCAN was first coming out and, and um, you know, formulating our products. The, the whole origin and backstory of UCAN is that uh, the carbohydrate in our energy powders and bars, we call it super starch. It's a slow burning, low glycemic energy source that was originally developed for our founder's son who has a very uh, rare and life-threatening medical condition. So this carbohydrate was meant to keep these cats steady throughout the night and maintain their energy. 2009, we started wondering what would happen if we gave it to athletes. We were lucky enough to be in touch with uh, Meb's uh, sports scientist at the time. Um, he gave it a whirl, and before you know it, we launched the UCAN company at the 2010 Boston Marathon with Meb. Now, we at the time were like, you know what, if this is a two-year relationship, three-year relationship, it'll be great. Of course, Meb goes out and wins Boston in 2014, then he makes the Olympics in 2016, then he continues to run strong in 2017 and 2018. So, uh, you know, Meb um, has really become part of our family and and really, really special person um, to the company. And we couldn't have done anything that we've done uh, without Meb. So without further ado, I'd love to uh, introduce to you Ali Feller and Meb. Hi, 
everyone. Thanks for being here. Thanks for spending your lunch break with us. Uh, and of course, thank you. Thank you, Varen, and you can, and this guy, Meb's in town. So yeah, yeah, we can clap again. We're gonna clap a lot today. Appreciate it. Thanks, Allie. That's for you. All right, so we're here to talk all things marathon. So of course I need to know who in here is training for a marathon right now? So everyone, cool, except, except us. I used to do like this all the time. Now I'm like. <laughs> yeah, Meb's retired. So we're going to talk about that and what that means. So he's, um, I asked him on the way in, I was like, did you run yet today? And he said, no, I'm retired. <laughs> so you're just lazy now. I'm just a normal guy now. <laughs> so normal. So normal. You are the only person in history, I believe, to have won the New York City Marathon, Boston Marathon, and an Olympic silver medal. But that's normal. That's super normal because um, that was going to be my next question is who is training for those things, which, again, all the hands would go up. So this is part of the You Can Run a Marathon series on the Alley on the Run show. The goal with this is to motivate everyone, whether you're training for your first marathon, your fastest marathon, your funnest marathon, which I think is a great goal. We're here to hear in stories from inspiring people like Meb Kaflesky and learn how can we take what he's learned along the way of doing just a couple marathons, how can we apply that to what we're all doing? So, ready to dish out some advice. Absolutely, thank you, Ali, and thank you, you can, and the Finish Line Physical Therapy to allow us to share this moment with you guys. And uh, running is something that is very similar that we could all relate, at uh, different levels, different abilities, but we all wanna get to that finish line as healthy as we can and as soon as we can. <laughs> as soon as we can, I love that. Okay, so your trademark, one of your good phrases is run to win. And I think that applies to all of us differently because for you and in your professional career, that was literally the goal. Run to win was how you had a livelihood and supported your family and you know are the man you are today. What does run to win mean for the rest of us who maybe aren't out there hoping to finish in first, but we kind of like, like, oh, run to win. That sounds kind of cool. How, what does that mean for the rest of us? We all have different goals. And for me, run to win means, means getting the best out of yourself each time and every time. And some of us want to win. Some of us want to qualify for the Olympics. Some of us just want to get to that finish line. And for me, you know, winning... You want to win because we all have different ability. I feel God has given me the talent to be the best that I can, but I've I done 26 marathons, and I came across the finish line probably three times you know, with the Olympic silver medal uh, across the finish line first. But each time you're running the marathon, you want to do the best that you can, and it's a, a goal setting for the next one because sometimes if, for me when I finish third, it's like, oh, I still believe I can win. But for you, it might be, hey, I want to break four hours, or I want to break five hours, or I just want to finish half marathon so I can get to the full marathon. So those are the uh, segments or goals that you want to achieve. And once you achieve those, you set another goal because the finish line is the most important. You know, like Rio Olympics, you know, I stopped seven times and I fell at the end, but, but wearing that USA jersey means so much because how many, all of you guys here and how many in the United States would love to be in that position at the Olympics representing your country. So don't give up by not giving up because when you give up, it's tarnished forever. But when you pride, your pride is, and dignity is not to the finish line. So you kind of feel like, oh, what did I do that for? You're going to regret it. But getting to that finish line, it gives you hope that the, the, the future is bright. So we know, like, 
with a lot of runners, sometimes with the pros, right, they go out and if you're not having a great race, they might drop out. And that's understandable. If you're a professional runner and that's your job, you don't necessarily want to push through 26.2 miles. But we also know that you're Meb and you don't quit. You just talked about stopping seven times, but you stayed in it. So that time, you know, you were in the USA jersey. But in general, what keeps you in it when the race is hard? What can we all do to stay in it? Because, listen, we've all been at mile 20, and, or, or maybe not. But mile 20 is easy if you haven't done a marathon. It's going to feel great. Um, <laughs> but if you have run a marathon and maybe mile 20 didn't feel great, talk, to, talk about not quitting and not giving up on the goals that you have. I mean... I don't know which one is harder, to quit or to get to that finish line. <laughs> because quitting is something that you can say. The beauty of running is you can slow down. You can slow down, you can collect yourself and get to that finish line. Once you get that finish line, you will never regret it. But if you quit, you will regret it every time. But if you fell, if you have some serious injuries, there's times and place for it. For me, I only, I done 26 marathon, I dropped out in one race. And that was April 2007. The reason I did that is from, you know, I lived in the physical therapy for many years. And when I get injured, my dad would give me a pillow because I'll do whatever I can to get healthy. But that time when I was running the London Marathon, I had an Achilles issue. I was overcompensating. And I felt like really it's going to hurt or my tear. And people from expertise I heard, when you have an Achilles, it's something that is a career ending. And guess what? In the back of my head, I'm thinking the 20, 2008 Olympic Games, Olympic trials in November in New York here. So I said, I have to protect my, my Achilles. And I was in like 16th place. I was 16 mile. People are saying, you got this. You can do it. You're doing great position. But I'm like, my Achilles is like, no, let's stretch it out. We'll make you get to the finish. And I'm like, you have no idea. I'm getting ready for the Olympic trials. <laughs> and the Olympic trials, if I don't make it, there's no Beijing. But you could do, sometimes you could do even everything right and not get to that finish line. Because for me, I was a silver medalist at the 2004 Olympics. I was third in Boston, second here, third here. And I'm like, I'm looking for that win and maybe going to Beijing, get another medal. I did, even dropping out of the race, didn't get me to Beijing because I eventually I got injured. So quitting when you are, it's not quitting, it's just like know your body. If you are a mile 12, a mile 10, hurting really bad that you're gonna, your knees or your Achilles or you're going to pull something, you'd rather just pull that pride away and say, you know what, i got to come back another time. Whereas if you're mile 22 and 24 or mile 20, this is getting really hard. Well, it is supposed to be hard. You just realize <laughs> it then. So you have to gut it out and if not then, you know, slow down a little bit, pace yourself, don't look at it, I got six miles to go, I got five miles to go, I got to go one more mile and then in the next mile and then when 5K left or three miles left, they said, you know what? I just got 5K. That, that I used to do every time. Visualize yourself being at that three-mile mark from the finish of your long run or your, one of your favorite runs and say, you know what? I've got three miles to go. And then that will get you to the finish line. And once you get that finish line, putting that medal around your neck is going to be so proud of yourself. And, you know, most of you guys work. Thank you for taking the time to come here. But wearing that medal on Monday, going back, or Tuesday, wear for a whole week, you know? <laughs> you, er you earned it, so have fun with it, but at the same time, when it's necessary, real serious injuries and things like that, it's okay to pull away, and, but when it's not, then challenge yourself. You know somebody's injured that couldn't be joining the marathon or other races, or you know somebody has health issue that they wish love to be in your shoes, so don't quit. Use that as a motivation to keep you pushing farther. Did you wear your silver medal for a week? 
<laughs> I thought about it. <laughs> you didn't. You wore it for a month longer. No, uh, I wore it for a while because. Whenever I made an appearance, people want to see. And it was always my ultimate dream to represent our country at the Olympic Games. Uh, I was, believe it or not, twi almost 20 years ago, I made my first Olympic in Sydney, Australia. And I finished, I had the uh, flu that was going around, and then I got sick. I finally, fortunately, finished number 12. But before I left the stadium, that was in the 10K, before I left the stadium, I said, I'm happy to represent our country, but I want to do something greater. I want to win for our, a medal for our country. And I made that goal. And then when I, you know, in the marathon, in Athens, when I was winning the silver medal, such a surreal moment, you know, and uh, I really wanted to wear it for a longer, but you don't want to be to show off. <laughs> oh, I would love for you to show off. I'm sad you didn't wear it today. I think that would have been cool. We could have passed it around like show and tell time. Is that, or is that like, is that bad luck or something? No, it's a good luck, actually. Oh, it is? That's okay. the whole, the whole point of having a medal like the New York or the Boston or the Olympic is to share it with people. People want to see it. And, you know, New York medal, maybe I'll show you guys. Say, if you make it in New York, you can make it anywhere. You can too. <laughs> Who's training for New York? A good amount. Okay, who's training for New York for the first time? First, oh, we've got a couple first. All right, so Meb, you have like a decent track record in New York. What New York <laughs> I'm sarcastic sometimes. You have a great track record in New York. Uh, you won it, obviously. What advice do you have for people who are running New York specifically? You know, uh, you know, you got the right one. You know, there was a commercial that used to say, you got the right one, baby. You know what that is, but that way is, uh, you know, New York is, people love, love, love to come visit New York City Marathon, or visit New York, but to be able to do it for a race, people often ask me, which one, if you have to choose one marathon, which one would it be? And I always tell them New York. And it's just, it's an amazing city, and amazing people, and a lot of diversity to make it go on your feet through the five pros, it's just incredible. But, you know, I did my first one here in uh, 2002, and I went to the finish line, and it was cold, 38 degrees. So make sure if you have, if you get warm, don't throw your beanie or your gloves or arm warmers off. Keep them. Uh, I threw it away. I was frozen, almost just couldn't. Sh I was shivering, and I came across the finish line. Uh, I was shooting for 212 or for the win. If not, then top three and whatnot. And I ran in 212.35. And I needed 212 for the uh, sub 212 for the Olympic trials. So I'm like, this is the worst thing ever. <laughs> I got to this thing the whole over again just to get 35 seconds off my time. <laughs> so if you're trying to qualify for the Boston, if not first time or second timers or many, you know, that you're doing for Boston qualifying, you know, don't get disappointed. Just say, hey, keep pushing and pushing. And for those of you that are doing the first time, pace yourself. Going First Avenue, the excitement, the crowd, it's just an unbelievable city. And, uh, you know, have fun, enjoy it, and make sure you wear your medals on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday. And probably until Wednesday or Thursday, it's like, what did I do that for? <laughs> and you're going to probably hate the person that introduced you to running, but you'll be grateful down a, a week later. So, uh, Where do you keep all your stuff, your Olympic medal, your laurel wreaths? Do you have a room in your house? dedicated to those things or do the kids like is that what they used to play dress up in your family <laughs> no they actually uh they're in the safe usually the medals um but the girls can play around with them whenever they want so sometimes i you know whenever i travel or give a speaking engagement i'll take on them they want to see it and 
oh, this is Olympic medal. I'm like, yeah, they don't, I don't know if I registered yet with them, but then I show them the New York City Marathon or the Boston Marathon, those three, and then my last New York City Marathon is in a, in a special place, but I just uh, framed my laurel wreath from the Boston Marathon. Um, I'm in ter- transition of moving from San Diego to Tampa, so they're somewhere. <laughs> I was just going to say, do, was that in a box marked uh, fragile, I hope? I, like, be, but, but I, I do I have, this, I do have those cool. medals on my positions, not right now, but <laughs> where they are. But I would have liked to be the framer. Like, they probably got, like, 400 family photos to frame that day and a laurel wreath from, from the Boston Marathon. You know, Allie, you know, when you go through the airport, sometimes, you know, the sensors go off and they're like, what is this? And then they say, like, oh... San Olympic, Olympic medal, New York medal. I'm like, where'd you get that from? I'm like, uh, I want it. And they're like, really? And then they would tell their coworkers, come on, come on, this is Olympic medal, this is the New York City Marathon medal. And then the next thing is, I gotta catch a flight. So relatable. I hate when my marathon medals set off the metal detectors. It happens all the time. Um, but I do appreciate one thing that you said is, you know, you're talking about how, you know, quitting in that one race was because of the Achilles injury, right? So I do think there's such an important distinction between stopping because you're physically injured, and I think we're in the right place being at finish line to talk about that, the difference between having an actual injury, and maybe that's not something to push through, it's not going to be worth it, versus just getting to a place where it hurts, you're tired, it's going to hurt at mile 24. Um, If it doesn't hurt at mile 24, you better start running a lot faster. (laughs) Um, But I would love to know a little bit more about, you've really been the person to prove that you can have serious longevity in this sport. I mean, you're, you're still going strong. You might be retired, but like, please, you run, you know, you're still doing okay, Meb. Uh, What are some of the keys, other than not pushing through an Achilles injury, what are some of the keys for all of us to be able to stay in this sport for a long time? I don't want to be a salesman, but there's a book called Meb for Mortals. It's prehab instead of rehab. You know, stretch the small things that will help you longevity. Sometimes people say back in the days, maybe 20, 20 years ago, 15 years ago, used to say, go that extra mile, go that extra mile. No, uh, my theory is take one mile less, use that to stretch before and after. You want to be healthy? If you're healthy, you're going to train consistently. I think... You know, and be in the moment because sometimes I talk about 2016 Olympics, but also that I like to talk about is the 2012 Olympic Games. I was really not injury, but I was really hurting bad. I was having some issue. The cobblestones in London were beating my foot up, and I already signed up for the New York City Marathon, and that was August 2012 or so. And then I got to get ready. I thought about quitting. It's like, this is tough, and I got a New York City Marathon coming up. My goal was to win or to be top three. Uh, halfway point, I was 21st place. I'm like, this is not going very well. And oftentimes, people ask me, do you enjoy the scenery where you run? I'm like, no. <laughs> I'm kind of engaging my competitors, how they're feeling, how the mechanics look like, or if they're spinning too much, or what their, their form is looking like. But that day, I, would, I think it was St. Joseph Cathedral. And I'm like, well, this would be a good place to stop. <laughs> and, you know, but quitting is not in my DNA, I guess you can say. I would try to get, and I looked down, I saw the USA jersey, and I said, how many people would love to be in my shoes? Being the moment, I was in the third group, I just said, you know what, I'm going to get to the finish line no matter what. No matter how many people pass me, I'm going to get to the finish line. I was 21st. Surprisingly, 
I got the second group, and once other group, the competitive guy that I am, I'm like, oh, maybe I could be two people of this group. Maybe I could be three people of this group. And then eventually, like, maybe I could win this group. <laughs> and then next thing is, I was like 15th, and then 13th, with about 5K to go. My coach pointed out six fingers, and I was running next to the Japanese guy next to me. I said, I didn't even know who's up there. If I outkick the Japanese guy, I'll get fifth place. You know, but then I like I saw two miles to go, just like New York when you, you know, for those of you that haven't done the marathon yet, there's a wall, not literally, but there's a wall there where your mind says go, but your body says no. And I saw a guy ahead of me that he hit the wall, and I have no idea who the other three or guys are ahead. And I said, for whatever reason, that guy has hit the wall. If I just could push myself, maybe I can get fourth place. But then I thought about, hey. If whoever is up in the lead, if one of them get caught with drugs, <laughs> I want to be the one moving from fourth, fourth place to the medal. So I kept pushing, and it was the Santos uh, from Brazil. There's a picture of us, me and him, I'm, me in the lead, 500-meter sign, and then him, and I grab, I just cast, I like, jab the Santos, but in my head I'm thinking, leave him behind, leave him behind, just keep pushing, keep pushing. And I saw the uh, flag on the side. I said, should I grab the flag? Should I not? I'm like, but he's trying to catch me too. So I'm like, don't go for it. I'm like, go for it. Grab the flag. I want to run with both hands up in there with the flag. But he's trying to catch me. So I tucked it in. I just kept, kept running, kept running. <laughs> and the finish line was not like the New York or the Boston. It was just like a small dot in the middle of the street. And I'm like, when is this line come to the finish? When is this going to come? And I finally saw that I came in fourth place. So be in the moment. Sometimes you can be feeling really bad. You go through the good patches and bad patches in the marathon. But be in the moment. Push yourself. Co compose yourself and get to that finish line because getting to that finish line is very, very important. So I remember watching the 2013 marathon, uh, New York. Like, of course, you know, does everyone here, when you're, even if you're running it, do you record it and then go home and watch it? Yeah, you spend the whole day watching it. And then you're like, maybe they'll catch me crossing the finish because it's different. They don't keep the camera on most of us the whole time. Um, anyway, I remember watching the 2013 race, and I don't know what you remember about your 2013 New York City Marathon, but what I remember is you finishing with Mike Cassidy, who is a local runner, and I was like, that guy is so lucky he's running with Meb. Like, thinking that, like, that's got to be the best day of this guy's life. Can you talk about that story from your perspective? Yeah, I met Mike Cassidy that morning with, from Dr. Rosen, who's a local doctor here. And, and we just introduced each other. Hey, we wished each other good luck. And, you know, my training was not ideal that year. But because of what happened with Hurricane Sandy, the cancellation, or what happened... 2013 was supposed to be my last marathon. <laughs> you know, but because of the bombing in Boston, because of Hurricane Sandy, I said, you know what, I'll try to push it. And, uh, and that day we're running, uh, you know, the stuff that I talk about, the, the wall, 19.2 um, miles. I went for the win, and then all of a sudden I'm fading away, I'm fading away, and 19.3 miles. It said, my mind says, go lift your leg. And my body says, no, it's not going to lift it. I'm like, literally, imagine just say, lift your leg. You're like, it's not doing it. It's like, what's wrong with this? <laughs> and, and I start walking. You know, usually I brag about my splits and whatnot, going five-minute pace. That time was 9.58. Relatable, though. Very relatable. <laughs> I was in trouble. So I'm like, I start walking, and then I start jogging. But things came to my mind, the hurricane, the bombing. And my dad wa had to walk 225 miles to save his life from the war of Ethiopia. And then I'm like, you know what? I know how to feel the New York City Marathon. I got second place. But I'm going to get to that finish line no matter what, even if I have to walk. 
and you start walking. And like I said earlier, you want to get there as soon as you can if you think about it. You start walking. It's like maybe if I could jog a little bit for a minute or two, I'll get there a little bit. And then pushing and pushing people on the side saying, hey, good job, man. Keep going. The runners will come by and say, come on, maybe you can do it. Kept pushing and pushing. And then about 5K into the re- from the finish line, Matt Cassidy came along. He's like, come on, maybe you can do it. I'm like, okay, I've been trying to go, but let me just... <laughs> Let me just tuck in. So I just tucked in right behind him. I'm like going behind him. And then I said, we encourage each other, support each other. I said, let's get finished this together. And, and on the downhill, he was much more faster and a little bit up the hills. I was a little bit stronger. But anytime he wanted, he could have gone. But came together the last 400 meter. He could probably just, you know, kind of left me, probably could have left me in the dust. But he just kept going together. And uh, we came across a holding hand, finished one on one together. And it was one of the epic memo for me, and that's what, I, what 2013 stands for, the unity and the friendship and the camaraderie that sports brings, and eventually went viral that, you know, here's a local island, along, uh, uh, Island. Staten Island runner finished with me, and he wrote a beautiful blog about what it was like the last three miles, and, you know, it was just an amazing time for me. We're still friends. Uh, in fact, he was in my mind today to give him a text, but I see him when I come here. I know his wife, Molly, and his kid, and so that's what the running is, and, you know, it's just fun to be able to sometimes you know, whether it's somebody in front of you, behind you, or side of you, you don't know who they are, but they encourage you, they support you, give me thumbs up or high five, or like, or come on, you can do it. It just gets you to the finish line. It's just a blast to be able to call Mike a good friend of mine. Yeah, I mean, I remember that so well, and I, I dream about being the person who gets to say, come on, Meb, you got this. <laughs> Maybe someday. And that's, that's <laughs> Hillary Dion, I did that with you know, the Boston, you know, the, 2015, so the woman started a little bit ahead, and then eventually we, you know, she made me sprint for that, though, because <laughs> she was, you know, I caught up to her, and uh, I don't know who she was, and then eventually we, we held a hand, finishing the, together at the Boston Marathon in 2015, so I still became good friends with her as well. It's just fun way to interact and you know have fun with the, with, with the people that are around among you. Well the marathon's special that way because you're out there for a while. I mean you, you joke that you wanted to go back and have a redo on that race. The thing is you could have. You could have gotten back to Staten Island, run the race again, and you would have finished with most of us, which you know <laughs> spe- speaks to the timing of how that all works. But I do think that that is something that's so special about the marathon is that we all get to this start line knowing that we all woke up way too early on a Saturday morning. We all got our 20 milers in. Like we all sacrificed a lot to get to that start line. You talk about how the marathon is a metaphor for life. Why? Well, I think, you know, uh, marathon is a metaphor for life because it's about patience and you get out of what you put in it. You know, for sometimes, you know, you can't do five miles and say, yeah, I'm ready for a marathon. I mean, <laughs> you can't do that, really. It's going to be a big trouble if you do. <laughs> so you better get their 18-mile run, 20-mile run, and intervals or somewhat long runs. But... It's just a patience, you know, life is a patience. You can't be a fifth grader and say, I want to go to college. And there's maybe one person that I've done in the whole wide world, geniuses. But it's just a process, the, you know, what, you don't know what life lies ahead. You don't know what mile 17 and 20 and 25 lie ahead either. So you just got to be able to just say, you know what, I'm going to conquer one mile at a time, break into segments, and then eventually it will work out. But the work that goes into it is it's a process, and you have to trust the process. And... Do you, you know, sometimes you go through ups and downs of life, and that's why marathon, you go through good patches and bad patches, and I mean, that's what life is, you know, we have our down points, injuries, or disappointments, and that's what marathon is, and I think if we can overcome, 
a marathon, I always tell people you should do one marathon in your life. After that is optional. <laughs> but you're gonna get hooked. <laughs> well, I was just gonna say, who's, who out there has run one? Saying I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna run one bucket list item, and like by later that night when you've had um, four and a half apple cider mimosas, you're signing up for your next one. I've never done that, but I heard that it happens to people. Uh, yeah, we get hooked. All right. Before we came out here, I was asking you, I was like, Meb, do you ever go back and watch the footage of your old races? Like, do you ever just want to be like, oh, yeah, let's go watch how awesome I am for a little bit on YouTube? <laughs> because I, yesterday, and I do this often, I go and I watch your finish from the 2014 Boston Marathon. Oh. And I just sit there and cry, like, right, we all do that. Um, I have to ask, and then we'll get back to the relatable things. Um, after you won Boston in 2014, which obviously was just absolutely incredible for, for you and for our whole country, um, President Obama called you to congratulate you. Can we just talk about that? Like, did it show up on your cell phone? It was like, Obama, Washington, D.C., and you were like, hey, man, what's up? Can we just, like, break that down a little bit? <laughs> um, so that fourth place sometimes might not have got me the medal, but that opened the door for me to be invited to the Boston Marathon. And coming to the Boston Marathon 2013, I was scheduled to do it. I got injured, didn't happen. I was, you know, and then Abdi Abdurrahman pulled out of that race. Ryan Hall dropped out of that race in 2013. And I tell my brother Howie, I said, who's here, I said, Howie, get me to that race because we need an American representative there. But I could go 10 miles. That's all I could, my, my body could do right now is 10 miles, but I put in the lead. I'm like, don't get the emotion of you, you know. Don't get, react on the emotion. Just come down, maybe we'll do it next year or whatnot. So I was in Boston 2013 and, you know, what happened in 2013, the bombing, I was there for four plus hours because I don't get a chance to see my fellow runners come across the finish line due to drug testing or media responsibility. But that day, I asked Howie to give me a media pass, sat there and watched people. I love watching people run, you know, and it's fun. And then I left because I had an appointment, and five minutes later, the bombing occurred. So in 2014, it was a personal commitment. Before, in 2013, as soon as the man finished, I sent a text to Ryan Hall and said, hey, we can do this. And he sent me right away saying, we can get after it. And then... You know, 2014 was probably going to be my last Boston Marathon. Um, I like to think of M&M. M&M, one shot, one opportunity. Go for it, you know. And the Boston Strong slogan, you know, you're not supposed to talk about Boston when you're in New York, but there's an exception, right? <laughs> so I said, you know, you see on the streets, on the sides, posters and things like that. And then he, the, the most, I wrote the victim's name on my bib to draw inspiration and give me their, their spirit and their energy. And I just... You know, they let me go. I said, well, you're making the biggest mistake of your life, you know. And if you're going to catch me, I'm going to make you earn it. And surprisingly, they let me go. And uh, I eventually won my dream to win the Boston Marathon. I know my life's going to change as I came. It's not over until the finish line. <laughs> and as soon as I touched that, I just looked at the heavens and said, thank you, God, for giving me this opportunity. My wife, Weirdanus, was there. gave me a big hug. And, uh, and then... Next thing about the Obama was so Howie. The next day we get we get phone calls left and right for him, but he's got to change his battery, make sure the phone doesn't die out. And he got he got a call from the United States Olympic Committee and United States Track and Field. What's the best way to reach Meb? And he sell my cell phone. So they were gonna try to call, but he said there's gonna be a call coming from President Obama potentially, but it's gonna be a no number, <laughs> and it's gonna be from like eight to twelve. So there's a big gap, and then we were ready to do a, a FaceTime 
uh, uh, TV show to Canada, and then I was on the phone to do a FaceTime to Canada, and then he tapped me on the shoulder. He says, it's the call. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, uh-oh, uh-oh. So he's like, uh, what do we do? Sh you, know, you know, it's the call that you wanted. I, we exchanged phones, and then I went to somewhere to answer the phone. And he goes, this is the commander of, of Air Force One. Is this Mepka Flesky? I'm like, yeah, this is Mepka Flesky. Oh, well, I'll be transferring to the president. I'm like, uh, what I say, what I say? <laughs> 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 Who's going to speak first, you know? And uh, I said, I'm like, hello, Mr. President. How are you? And he's like... <laughs> I'm, like, I'm fine. How you doing? And then he goes, I just wanted to congratulate you on job well done. You made us all proud. And, and I was like, well, Mr. President, thanks for the call. It's been on my bucket list to win the, New the Boston Marathon. But I was, I tell the story how I was there at the grandstand and I want to be able to, it was on my mind for over a year to be able to do that. And uh, he just says, well, he says, well, job well done. I'm so proud of you to represent our country. And he said, we'll be in touch. And I, <laughs> And I'm in, in my head, I'm thinking, he sounds like a politician. <laughs> but he lived up to his word. He, you know, he sent an email for a guest and I to come have a dinner at the White House at the dinner with them. So it was the U.S. African Leader Summit, and uh, it was August 5th, 2014. I remember like it was yesterday, and then he greeted uh, my wife and I, and uh, First Lady Michelle Obama was there, and they were such gracious, amazing people, and, uh, you know, we took pictures, and then I'm like, table 25, table 25. I'm like, where's the table? Looking at table 25, and then getting closer, closer to the stage, and it was down. I'm like, excuse me, do you know where the table 25 is? Like, it's right here. I'm like, oh, and the Obama would be sitting here. I'm like, oh, what? <laughs> So, Mr. President uh, Obama, First Lady Michelle Obama, and then Zuma from South Africa, and then me and my wife, and it was pretty awesome, and we had a blast, and uh, just great, great people. Did you wear your laurel wreath and all your medals? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, uh, you know, President, you know, this is the U.S. Leaders and African Leaders Summit, and then Pres President Jimmy Carter was on our table, and then he goes, and then, you know, he was trying to get attention to my wife, trying to, you know, his, his blown kisses. And I'm like, my wife is like, his, his, his President Jimmy's blown kisses. Like, Go say hello. And then she went and say hello. And then he's like, you know, you are the most popular guy here, you know, because he's a runner. You know, he was a runner. He was trying to get my attention. And we eventually talked. And it was just, and at one point, President Jimmy Carter, President Barack Obama, we were talking about nutrition, cross training, and health. And they were both of them next to me. I wish I could have that picture. And if, if you took that picture, I want that picture, sir, whoever that is. <laughs> that would be awesome. You know, we just chatted for a while. And it was just, uh, you know, you got to pinch yourself sometimes growing up in Eritrea from humble beginning where I was so poor. At one point, I was eating dirt. And uh, to not know what the future is hold, and he's sitting at the White House and sitting with the leaders of the world, and, uh, you know, it was, it was pretty emotional, and it was a special moment. Yeah, you should have offered to, like, coach them all for, like, the presidential run club or something. That could have been cool. <laughs> how we make the call. You know, he sounds high-maintenance, if I'm being honest. How we handle this, how we handle that. We're, we're going to get Howie up here next time and learn about, like, the behind-the-scenes Meb, though I'm sure he is wonderful. So if we can go back in time a little bit and talk about, you know, we know your story a little bit, and if you haven't read Meb's latest book, 26 Marathons. It's amazing. Make sure you go out and get it. It's fantastic documenting the 26 marathons he's run. Why the marathon for you? What, like, did you wake up one day and say, you know, it sounds fun, 26.2 miles as a professional career? No, that was not the case. But, so, 
when I was in seventh grade, I ran this PE class, for physical education class, at, just to get an A in the class. And you get a cool t-shirt that says Roosevelt, um, Roosevelt Junior High Mod Club t-shirt. If you run, as a seventh grader, if you run 615, and you get your picture in the gym with, with, uh, on, on the window. So, the, of course, Duke Lord said, if you're to the group like this, if you run hard, you're going to get A or B. But if you mess around, you're going to get your F. Well, I, wanna, I don't want to disappoint my parents because I've been an immigrant. You try to do the best that you can because, you know, the others don't have those opportunities and chances. So I just ran as hard as I can. And, you know, it wasn't around the track, so he can keep an eye on all of them. It was like around the baseball field, go around the middle campus, around the softball field, finish in the middle of the campus. And he's trying to keep an eye on me and then also on the other, other runners who, are, who don't want to run or want to walk and things like that. And he looked at his watch, and my time was 5.20. <laughs> he goes, you're going to go to the Olympics. And this is about after a year been in the United States, I had no idea what the Olympics were. And I'm like, A, <laughs> T-shirt, <laughs> I'll be happy, you know, that's what I'm trying to say. But he called the high school coach, uh, Coach Ramos, and he says, this, my I have two older brothers that ran, and that's why I want to get that T-shirt, because they were wearing with their T-shirt, you know, their Roosevelt Maha Club T-shirt. And he said, hey, um, this little one is going to be really good. And, and, and I tell my dad that afternoon, hey, dad, um, the, in my native tongue, you know, the coach said, you're going to go to the Olympics. What are the Olympics? He's like, what'd you do? He's like, um, I ran 520. He's like, he, he never done sports officially, so he doesn't know what that means. He's like, tell the truth. I didn't think all those brothers ran that fast. I'm like, my, <laughs> dad, I ran 520. And he, and he explained to me how the, you know, the five rings and the continents get together for peace and harmony and participate and stuff like that. So that's what, how my running started and eventually became a cross country in high school, UCLA, 5K, 10K, 1500 meter. And Mike Anderson, who was a parent of a teammate of mine in, uh, in, in high school, said, you're going to be a beautiful marathoner. And I'm like, how far is that? <laughs> and I'm a miler by mind. He goes, 26.2. Uh, I'm like, no, I'm a miler. <laughs> And then eventually Ron Tab also, who was helping me on the side, said, you know, you're going to be a beautiful marathoner one day. I'm like, this marathon thing. You know, I'm a 5K, 10K, and a miler. I like speed. And then in 2002, 2000, I made the Olympic team, like I told you earlier, in the 10K. 2001, I made the world team. And then 2002 was an off year. I'm like, people have been telling me about this marathon. Let me just see what it is. So I signed up with the New York City Marathon. I ended up doing... I went for the win, you know, I'm just, you know, Alberto Salazar, who won it in college, I'm like, I've been out of college for a few years, so I should be able to maybe pull it off. I went for it, uh, 16th Avenue, 1st uh, Avenue, 16th Mile, I made a big mistake, I went for, I was in the lead, I'm like, I got this. <laughs> I'm kind of hammering it, and I'm like, got it down to four people, about 18, 19 miles, I threw my beanie away, and uh, my gloves, and I'm like, for, worst scenario, I got fourth place, best scenario, I think I still got it, and then the water is 38 degree. And the water uh, has been sitting there for, for a while, and it was cold in the shade, and I put cold on, on my head, and they're mine. I know. <laughs> I know. That reaction Instead was of so the nice cadence, I start stomping the ground. I just froze, and I got in fifth place. I'm like, protected, protected, sixth place, protected, protected. And there was a micro... Um, Mark Carroll from Providence who came in college. He told me to be patient in First Avenue. He was patient. I was not... About two miles when we got Central Park, he passed. Come on, Mev, let's go. I'm like, I am so done. You go ahead. <laughs> and he ended up getting, he ended up running 210. I ended up running 212.35. The winning time was 208. 
something. So put four minutes on me in the last, after 21 miles, in the last five miles. So that was not very kind to me. It was very brutal. And so that's how I tried the marathon. I said, I tell my coach, coach, this is, you've seen my first and last marathon. I never want to do this again. And my mom was there. She, she said, 5K, 10K is okay for you. No more marathons for you. I was shivering. I was cold. I was in misery. But, and then you think about it. I got 35 seconds. I missed 35 seconds. I'm like, I'm not doing that again. I'm going to go in the 10K or 5K. And then, but eventually I went back to Eritrea where for the first time uh, since I left when I was 10 years old. And I saw how people live in no electricity, no running water. The sunrise to sunset, how they have to work. I guess I shouldn't complain about my last 40 minutes of discomfort and pain. And I came back. I said, hey, coach, I'm ready for my, for my next marathon. He's like, I wanted to do Boston. And he goes, what got into you? I'm like, well, I saw how people are living. Don't, you know, don't take things for granted. Don't take life for granted. And I want to do it. He's like, well, since you're around 212.35, Boston and New York are equivalent courses. Let's just get you on a flat course. So try to break 212 so you can potentially go to the Olympics. And I did Chicago and I ended up running uh, 210.03, which I improved by about two minutes. So if you're looking for flat course, that's where it's at. But I said, this could be fun. I did a, I went for a cool down. I went for a cool down. And I said, that's when my marathon changed. I, I guess marathon can be fun. And the rest is I end up doing 26 of them. <laughs> so one, marathon, one marathon for each mile. People often ask you, you know, probably non-runners who are your colleagues who work, how far is that anyways? They're like, uh, it's 26.2 miles. And then how far is the New York Marathon? 26.2. How far is the Boston? <laughs> 26.2. How, well, my cousin does Nashville Marathon. How far is that? 26.2. <laughs> Some of them are hilly, some are downhill, some are flat, but they're all 26.2. So I became a student, I'm a student of the sport, and that's why I call the, the book, is called 26 Marathon. One marathon for each mile to educate people. Yeah, but the difference is, we all go back to work on Monday, and our coworkers are like, oh, you ran the marathon? Did you win? And we all have to say no, and sometimes you get to say yes, which is pretty cool. <laughs> I finished, I know I'm thinking a lot of time about making a when I was a 5K, 10K, uh, 5K, 10K runner on the plane, people say, oh, I'm a distance runner, 5K, 10K runner. So uh, have you done the Boston Marathon? I'm like, no, I haven't done the Boston Marathon. And they're like, well, you know, before, before they put your name, they use bib, you know. And at one point, they say, well, you're not a true distance runner if you didn't do Boston or something. And then at one point, they're like, what number would you be wearing? And then so when I finished third, I'm like, I'm good. I, when I finished third at the Boston Marathon, I said, you know what, I will explain to them that. Hey, if they ever, ever ask me, have I done the Boston Marathon? I'd be like, yeah, I was third. <laughs> <laughs> and then eventually 2014 came around. Now I just joke around with them and say, well, I've done the Boston Marathon. Oh, how did it go? You know, I was, I was third. And then even tell them that I won. Like, what? You won the Boston Marathon? I won your New York City Marathon. You kind of play along for a while and then they get kicked out of that. But you don't ever just pull up YouTube and Google Meb Kaflesky 2014 Boston Marathon and sit there for two, two minutes and 42 seconds while it plays? You don't do that? Yeah. Do you guys do that? Yeah, right? Before your race. It's, it's a good, I will say, before whatever your marathon you're all training for, watch Meb's 2014 finish, either like on the way to Staten Island or wherever you're headed, watch that finish. You'll be so amped. You'll be crying, but you'll be super amped up. Time for a break to hear from our sponsor, Generation You Can. Fun little fact about Meb Kaflesky and Generation You Can. They were each other's first great loves. And by that, I mean Meb was the first athlete you can ever worked with. 
Meb has been fueling with Generation Yukan for years now, and it's what he used on his way to Marathon Glory in Boston, in New York, and in so many of his other 26 career marathons. So why Yukan for Meb? Well, for many of the same reasons athletes of all levels opt for Yukan. The super starch-powered energy bars and powders aren't loaded with artificial sugars. Yukan really is designed with endurance sports, like marathons, in mind. Yukan's products last longer, so you don't need as much as often, and you won't experience any of those sugar highs and crashes that are really common with other gels and bars on the market. Plus, if you have a sensitive stomach like I do, or like Dawn Grunigal does, remember Dawn, you heard from her last week on the series? Well, Yukan just might be the thing your marathon needs. So give it a try. Go to generationyoucan.com and use code ONTHERUN to get 20% off your order plus free shipping. If you're new to Yukan, I recommend trying out the You Can Run Starter Pack so you can sample a few different products and really figure out what works best for you. For those, go to generationyoucan.com slash ONTHERUN50. You'll get a full 50% off the starter packs and we'll throw in free shipping there too. That's generationyoucan.com slash ONTHERUN50 for the starter packs. Now let's get back to this very special live show with Mr. Marathon, Meb Kaplesky. So how many of you guys are parents? So my daughter one time, I was trying to take her on a trip with me, my middle child, Fiori, uh, to Minneapolis and then do the Boston 10K. And I was debating take her or not take her because I have to make side trip through through, uh, Minnesota. So she's like, I was trying to see if she can do a 10K. She goes, she's done the 5K. She's like, well, I've done the 5K in 27 minutes. Can you do a 10K? She's like, I can do it. How long do you think it'll take you? She's like, about an hour. And so I'm like, I'm thinking I got to compete in the 10K. I can go 30 minutes and come find her and things like that. She's like, she's like, what's your time? I'm like, um, my time, my best time? She's like, yeah, your best time. I'm like, 27.13. She's like, no, I don't believe you. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, well, you don't believe, you don't believe me? I'm like, I'm like, why don't you ask Siri? She's like... <laughs> Did so, she? Yeah, she's like, Siri, what's Meb Kofleski's 10K time? And well, I found this. And she's like, Boop, you know, 2713, won the Boston Marathon, won the New York City Marathon. She's like, she look up, what? <laughs> and that's how, you know. I love that she didn't believe you, but when Siri I'm says a, it, I'm a yeah, when, when Alexa tells you what the time was, there's, yeah. there's no going back there. Yeah. Uh, so you're at the start line. At your, you know, at any given race in your pro career, what's going through your mind? Do you get nervous? I get anxious. I don't know. I did get nervous back in the days when I was in college and high school. But you know, sometimes like you get a little bit. See how your body's going to if your training has gone right. But yeah, I mean, you get anxious. You just all the strain that you've been doing, you want to get it over with. But at the same time, marathon is about patience. Life is about patience. And when you do New York Marathon or the Boston Marathon that's the exam of being patient because sometimes you feel like, oh, I feel good and you kind of go out fast and you blow it and you're like, why did I do that? So you, you have all this mind that you want to be as much calm down as you can before the, you get released. And once you get released, it's like, okay, you know, you guys can run, wear a watch and see what pace you can go. But for elite runners, it's like, oh, this is going to make the move. At what point are they going to make a move? You're thinking about those and how's my condition compared to others? And yeah, you get, you get a little bit anxious, and sometimes I get so anxious, not on the starting line, but the night before the race. So, like, when I won New York City Marathon 10 years ago, I went to sleep about 9.45, and I got up 
at 11.15. <laughs> Same day. <laughs> so you get, you get, you know, it's not nervous, but you're like, you know, you're anxious because you've been trained about, a hundred, for me, I've been trained about 100, 100, 130 miles a week now. You, you got all right. that energy to flow. And same with you guys. Whether you do 35, 45 miles a week, now you're getting down to just like two, three miles a day for a few days. So you get, you get anxious and you want to you show your fitness to see what it is because you've been mentally and physically been preparing for this. And sometimes don't worry about it. If you don't sleep the night before, don't worry about it because if you're getting consistent sleep weeks out or hydration and eating right and all that stuff, don't worry about it. And you're going to be fine. So... Yeah, getting to the starting line is just excited. It's a time for a test, time for to show what you have prepared for. Go out there, have fun, enjoy it because you earned it and you're healthy. Go out there, be the best that you can. And you're going to, you know, sometimes you surprise yourself, sometimes you make mistakes, but those mistakes are teaching lessons. So say, hey, I, you know, and don't make the same mistakes again because if you've done, if you've done marathons before, even pace or slower for the first 10 miles is going to serve you so well down the finish line. You know, you rather, I always tell people now, if you can make your last mile the fastest, you're good to go. You're going to have a pleasant time. You're going to improve your time. You're going to have a wonderful time. So make your last mile your fastest. That's easy, I think. Not your first one. Yeah, I think that's easy. <laughs> Though I would love to see, like, the Strava data that shows during the New York City Marathon how many people mile 16 is their fastest, hitting that first avenue. Yeah, Don't right? <laughs> yeah, we all get that surge of adrenaline. So for those of us who maybe have a little, you know, we're looking at race day as the test, maybe we have a little test-taking anxiety. What can we do at that start line in our corrals? Our start line is different than yours. We're corralled. We're kind of like sheep. We're like shoved in there. We don't have, we're not standing at the front of the Verrazano worldwide open. We're like packed in. We have porta potties in our corrals. It's cool. You should hang out with us. But when you're, when you're on the line, do you have any rituals, habits, or do you like take six deep breaths and exhale slowly? Like what, what are you doing to really get ready before the start gun goes off? I do a lot of visualization, and then the starting line, how it's going to unfold, but also visualization in training. So when you're doing your long run, whether it's uh, this weekend or next weekend, visualize yourself or what you're going to feel like. Yeah, you're going to run 20 miles as your long run or 18 miles, but visualize yourself at the 10-mile mark. How's your posture? How's your 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 structure of your body, how his movement is. That way, pretend that's a 10-mile mark, and now you're going from 10 to 15, from 15 to 20. So break it out. That way, when you go into the race, it comes second nature. So whenever you're running, even one, if you run six miles, seven miles, visualize the last mile being your last mile. How do you want to come across the finish line? How do you want to, your mechanic? It's just something to think about. But I think, for me, Visualization at the starting line, you know, you, you know, I've done a couple marathons where I did at Boston and New York for charity for Team for Kids and MR8, and, and, and so I, I understand the feeling you know of the corrals. You've seen used them. to have, you used to take the tangent, you know, you know what the tangent is like, oh, you plan ahead, but when they have masses of people, you're trying to avoid the puddle, trying to get space in between and not, you know, not, not step on the potholes and things like that. So, no, it's just, you know, um, have fun be able to say, you know what, I want to be accomplished the best that I can today. Sometimes you're going to feel great at the beginning. Sometimes you may not feel great at the, uh, the beginning either, but you know what, I'm here. I'm going to get the most of it today. And when you do that, you're going to have a good time. And just be, be kind, you know, enjoy the moment. Be in the moment running with the people that are in front of you, behind you, among you. And then just, hey, encourage each other. Say, you know what, you look good. Give them a thumbs up or um, high five. Enjoy it. Sometimes mechanics are important when you get into the finish line, but once in a while, it's okay to give thumbs up. 
Um, what's in your like marathon week rider? Maybe that's a question for Howie, but like when you're rolling up to the Boston Marathon, to the New York City Marathon, are you like, I would like in my hotel room a bowl of hot oats and 16 green M&Ms? Like what helps Meb really perform at his best? What do you need to have? Well, for me is uh, if I could have the night before, you know, I danced since high school, spaghetti with meatball. Red sauce, I'm good to go. But uh, I really like bagels, bananas, uh, good to have it because you, I don't call it nervous, you get anxious. So if you get anxious and wake up, you can eat some bread and bananas and honey and almond butter or peanut butter and have it in a Ziploc bag next to you. So because you don't want to have to wait for a restaurant to open and whatnot because when we are there for two plus hours or three hours and whatnot, you want to have enough fuel in your body. And when you have an hour left, you don't want to eat, you might feel hungry, you can't eat too much. So I think in terms of the New York Roadrunners do an amazing job for me whenever I came, they usually have my favorites ready for me. Uh, fruit basket, they usually have a fruit basket. So because I make so many appearances and this and this and that, at one point, uh, you know, just just having fun with them, you know, they, they, they get to know you. I mean, I've done the 8K here, the half marathon, the 10K, and, and the, the marathon 12 times. So it's just been kind of away, home away from home for me. You're running the mile on, on Sunday, the Fifth Avenue Mile. Are you nervous? Uh, yeah, I'm nervous. I'm one mile. One mile. Yeah. I used to be nervous for the marathon. I'm nervous for a mile. <laughs> so, but you're running it with, um, you're in like the, the teacher's heat. Yeah, so they, ha they have this back-to-school mile. It's called the back-to-school mile. This is the tw anniversary for the New York Road Runners, uh, 20th anniversary for the youth program. They provide free youth program. And a, a lot of teachers and coaches will be running um, for the, a mile, an open mile, and I'll be joining them to run the mile. So it's a great way to just encourage, we encourage the youth, but we also encourage the staff members, whether it's coaches and teachers, to encourage them to do a, a mile run. So it's so a great idea. going to throw down the hurt on a bunch of teachers. Just <laughs> see ya. Get that I, A+. Plus. I, I better get a citizenship E. You know, that's important. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So race week. You do, whether it was during your pro career or even now, you do so many appearances. You're on your feet a lot. We tell rooms full of first-time marathoners, stay off your feet during race week. Save the sightseeing for later. You don't really get to take that advice. You're on your feet a lot the week of the race, usually. So what can people do? Maybe if we're busy, if we have kids, like we just said, there's parents in the room. Any tips for kind of conserving your energy as best you can, given real-life demands leading up to the race? I think the key is not to just have a balanced life. Eat right, hydrate weeks out, hydrate, uh, eat right two, three, four days, not the day before like spaghetti. You know, you just got to be do whatever you have done for the continuity of your training, what works for you. And, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't go to the expo and just, you know, go there, pick up your number, a couple, couple items, but don't be there for like five hours, you know, just, you know, you can be there, catch up with friends and, and things like that. It's not a bad thing. But, you know, for me... Uh, you know, I don't, the last hour or the last day is not going to make me or break me. It's the weeks of training, the consistent of training that's going to get you to that strong performance of 26.2. So don't say, oh, I saved up extra time on my feet. I'm, I'm doomed. No, you're not. It's just, you've been putting the miles before. Now you're ready to go. Just go out there, see what your workout have been, and, uh, and enjoy the process of getting your bibs, and enjoy the process of dining out if you are out of the, uh, you know, of, uh, out of the city and things like that. And, you know, be there and just make sure you 
you know, get the essentials. Don't try a new shoes, I would say, but if you have to get a new watch, oh, well, you know, that's okay with it. But if you something like you wanted to wear on your long run and you have tried and, you know, do that, don't spend, don't try something new when it means to, whether it's, I think clothes is okay, but shoes and stuff, you don't know how it's going to react. Okay, always very good advice. So we're going to do a fun sprint to the finish round in a minute, and we're going to open this up to audience Q&A. Before we do that, I have to ask, because I don't know how much you, I mean, it sounds like you're out doing cool things while I'm on Google and YouTube. So one of the most recent things I found on the internet is... You know, we're coming up on 2020, which, of course, we have the Olympic trials in February, and it's an Olympic year, and people are throwing your name out there, Meb. <laughs> is there any chance we're going to see you at the trials? Am I allowed to ask that? Is, are we, might we see you at the trials in February? I will be in Atlanta. I just don't know what capacity. No, I'm, I'm gonna <laughs> no I'm, I'm, I'm endorsing Atlanta, so I'll be there as a spectator and as a, to help with the Atlanta Track Club, but sometimes you wonder. You know, so, yeah, but, sometimes you wonder, man. You wonder. <laughs> but, you know, I, like I said, I take a day off today, so I haven't run yet, you know, so it's... Uh, Okay, so I, if I, like, sitting here, if I were like, Meb, would you pinky swear a promise you're going to be there as a spectator? You're like, you're not giving, yeah, he didn't give me his pinky. He didn't offer it up. Okay, all right, cool, 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 cool. Well, with that, we're going to do, so on the Alley on the Run show, we wrap up each episode with, we call it the sprint to the finish. If you run a marathon, it's, sometimes it's a sprint, sometimes you think it's a sprint, and then you <laughs> catch your reflection in a building, and you're not sprinting, but you're trying. So this is our sprint to the finish round, tailored to the marathon. Are you ready? Yeah. All right, this is our point two. What is your race mantra? Run to win. Favorite marathon-specific workout? Favorite marathon workouts, the tempos. I like to do about anywhere from 10 to 12. If I can make it to 12 for a, a tempo, I know I'm ready. And if I have time, I would like to go about to, to 15. That does sound fun. Let's all do that. <laughs> you haven't run yet today. Let's all go to Central Park and, and do that after this. Yeah, Matt, yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll pace us, obviously. Oh, we'll be in our cars, but he'll be running is how that's going to work. So this next little set of questions, I ask these as hypotheticals, but you'll see that they're not all hypotheticals for you. If you could win any marathon, what would it be? New York City Marathon. Really? New York over Boston. Yeah, you're in New York, so it's, <laughs> that's a really good answer. And guess what? I could, because I won both, I can say that. <laughs> so sassy. <laughs> Wow. Okay, so you're about to win the New York City Marathon or like the 2020 trials or something. What song would you want playing over the sound system for everyone to hear? New York, New York. And I listen to that. I'm not saying to say it because uh, Alicia Keys, uh, I hear that all the time. So whenever I prepare for any marathons, I'll be in the wilderness of Mammoth Lakes where I used to train, and I always play that. So, you know, uh, the other back I would be Eyes of a Tiger is another great one for me. So... Yeah. I like to picture you running through the woods in Mammoth just going, like, I'm not going to sing. But <laughs> you, you all saw where that was going. Uh, okay, so you crossed the finish line. You won. We've seen it happen before. It's happening again. Who's the first person that gets the big, sweaty Meb embrace? You know, in Boston, it was my wife. I think in New York, it was my wife and my mom and my dad were there and my daughter. So, um, but... I, you know, I'm so excited. 
whoever's there is going to get a big hug. <laughs> <laughs> Just a random person, Mike Cassidy, whoever's yeah. around. Howie, yeah. we'll give you a hug. So, guys, if you're not running New York, just try to hang out by the finish sometime, and maybe, maybe it'll be you. Um, okay, you can pick anyone on the planet to drape that American flag over your shoulders for your victory lap. Who do you choose? Ooh, that's a tough, tough question. Thank you. Did you find on Google? No. <laughs> you too. Um, I mean, I think it would probably be probably my mom. Love that. Uh, the reason being, she says, when I have to make a tough decision in 98, whether to run for Eritrea or for the, U for the U.S., and she says, just follow your heart, and I did follow my heart. Um, it was one of the biggest decisions that I had to make. Um, I lived 10 years in Eritrea, a year and a half in Italy, 10 years in the U.S. I was in a crossroad of, of citizenship and what to, to do. And, my, and it was like a democratic Republican debate at my house, you know, my parents' house. Some say go for Eritrea, some this, but I really, my mom said, follow your heart. And uh, I did follow my heart, and it's one of the best decisions I've made. And now you're like best friends with President Barack Obama. Do you text? Do you keep in touch? <laughs> you don't text. No, you, but I've seen him three times and have been always been gracious. Does he use emojis? <laughs> <laughs> Which ones? Thank you, President Barack Obama. <laughs> he, he loves this show. He listens every week. Michelle's a big fan, too. Um, okay, what is your post-race meal? My post-race -meal, post meal, first thing is generation you can. It's the first thing okay. I always get, you know, uh, after the race. And then after that, I like to have uh, meat, steak, uh, after a couple hours after my run. But the first thing, right immediately within 10, 15 minutes is that you can. But uh, I like I love sweets. I love to have desserts because I don't usually, when I tra was trained, I didn't do desserts. So when I was on my birthday, the girls have to have fruitcake. Uh, so so I, I wasn't too much of a good dad in that way. But <laughs> uh, but yeah, I like I have a sweet too. So whenever I can get uh, cheese cheesecake or or chocolate or tiramisu, I'm good with that. So now that you're retired, what do birthday cakes look like? I don't pass on desserts now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, let's dish out some advice. We are going to then do the Q and A, so we'll get really specific there. But what is your best piece of advice for everyone? Remind me, who are the first time marathoners? Who's training for their first? marathon all right you see these hands up what's your advice for our first timers congratulations you had made a commitment to run 26.2 miles uh, my advice is just do go slower than you think at the beginning up to 10 miles you'd rather say oh this feels good this feels easy this feels good up to 18 miles and then after that you know what pick up a little bit by a little by little you'd rather be 10 15 seconds slower per mile anything you're going at the beginning for 10 12 miles maybe 18 after that you know when you hit the wall when I hit the wall how I told you I just crash and you don't want to make that mistake you rather just getting same pace or faster versus slow getting slower so because your recovery your experience would not be good if you do that so take it from me be patient use it wisely and and most importantly, have fun. You're going to have fun. Enjoy the, you know, enjoy the city. Enjoy the city and the people around it. And, and, and toward the end, if, I, if, if we can make your last mile fastest, you're going to have a pleasant experience, a good recovery, and a lot of smile, a lot more smile. Regardless whether you go out hard or not, just make sure you smile at the end because you earned it. Have any of you done that? Run your last mile of a marathon the fastest? Yes. yes. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. Yes. How is it? Makes sense, all right? Makes sense? <laughs> 
Love that. Okay. Who's training for something and has a goal? A time goal? Anything? All right. Yes. Okay. Then some more hands go. I love that like one hand and then slowly we get more hands. All right. For people with goals, maybe BQ, sub four, sub five, sub six, sub two, whatever their goals, what is your message to them? Run to win. It doesn't mean getting first place, it's about getting the best out of yourself. You have your own, each individual goals that you want to you pursue. And that goal, that time that you have, just be patient and, you know, negative, negative split or even pace. You know, you want to be able to do that and, you know, whether it's seconds, minutes, or I hear people say, you know, people have come and tell me, I improved by 15 minutes. I'm like, I want to be like you. <laughs> you know, so just whatever it is, whether you improve by one second, celebrate it. Because a PR, which is, means a personal record, is a PR. So if you do have a chance to run by 30 seconds, one minute or two minutes or more, enjoy every bit of it because you earned, to do, you earned that accomplishment. All right, the last thing before we go to a Q&A, what's something you want everyone to have on their minds? They're at mile 26. They've got that point two to go, regardless of how the race went, regardless of how training went. At mile 26, what do you want everyone to have on their minds? Think, look around up. You're in Central Park. You are in New York. People dream to come to New York. And you run in the New York City Marathon where through lottery or through many other steps that had to get you there. Now you are on the finish line. Smile. Because 26 miles, the harder part is done now. The last point two miles is all about celebration. And the cameras are watching, so smile a lot. <laughs> I love that. All right. So now is your chance. If you have a question for Meb, we're going to open this up. We've got, do we have time for a couple questions? Great. I literally have no idea what time it is. Uh, okay. Questions for Meb. What do we got? And don't be shy because I'm going to keep asking him questions. All right. Stand up. What's your name? Let's get to know each other. My name is Carrie Alonis. Great to meet you. Meet you as well. Um, so now that you've retired, what does your week look like in terms of training? So I drop my kids off of school. And then I go, I like to, uh, an hour or an hour and 10 minutes to myself. So I run anywhere from six miles to eight, nine miles. I still love, I still love to work out. I still love to run. And I do pace people with a half marathon for 130 or 145. That still takes training. Uh, and it's, it's just great to be, to be able to be outdoors. And, uh, you know, I try to take one week or one, one day or two days a week off just because I can, and before I could not do that. Um, I used to train 12 times a week. Now I just train maybe four, five days a week, and anywhere from five miles to eight, ten miles. Favorite Ooh. place to run? That's a tough one. I love running in San Diego close to the water. Um, Mammoth Lakes, where I train, is beautiful. I think uh, Stockholm, Sweden, was another great. The canals there were amazing. Uh, those are the, probably three spots that... But if I'm in New York, I can't live without Central Park. <laughs> that place is amazing. And I only ran once on the West Side Highway. Uh, that was during the hurricane. Other than that, I'm always in Central Park. Keeps me sane. Yeah, Abby. We, you have talked about working with, during a race, working with like Ryan Hall and this, talked about working with Shalane, and how it's kind of amazing to hear these pros help each other, talking and like really, you guys are kind of like strategizing together, working together. Races, and I don't think we hear that a lot in professional sports when it's an individual sport. Even what do you think about running? What is it about running that makes it special? That that there's that camaraderie, there's that community. What is it that brings out that people in 
I think it's the beauty of the sport, the camaraderie, to be able to just share ideas and share pace and sh share meals, you know. And I have eaten with Shalane, I have eaten with Ryan Hall. He's been my house, I've been his house, and that's the beauty of it when we're in Mammoth Lakes, you know. And I think when you train, you get some tips from him, I give him some tips. And at the end of the day, it's 26.2 miles, so you help each other and support each other. And may the best men and women win the last mile or two, three miles, but in that 18, 20 miles, why not help each other out? And we help each other tremendously, especially on his first first marathon in London in 2007. Uh, yeah, 2007 when I dropped out, but he ended up running phenomenally. But we were comforting to know your fellow American or your fellow teammate or friend is there next to you versus kind of like, who's that person? You lonely planet, you know? And I think you encourage each other, and I think it's beautiful when you can share those moments with special people. Yeah, we have time for two more questions. Um, now you are retired and you need to What's your opinion on donuts as far as training during a week? <laughs> 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 it's funny you said that. I think if I see a donut on the way, I'll probably grab it anyways. <laughs> I was running yesterday. I thought, I'm like, I should have. Donut makes more sense. I'm like, I should have. Uh, I was, it was heat warning, and uh, I just moved to Florida. And the heat warning, I was, I should have tangerine. I need a little bit of sugar or something to have that. But I'm like, you know, something electrolyte like you can and stuff, you know, the patches that before it was like, well, if you're going to run four miles, five miles, do you really need something on your back to carry it? But, you know, sometimes you do. So you'd rather have it ready that way. But I have taken uh, you can bar. When I was pacing, uh, I think the three hours I had it, and then I had my bar doing the run. So whatever works, right? Yeah, you can, donut. Maybe we could get some donut-flavored stuff, Varen, <laughs> if you could work on that. It'd be great. Uh, all right, we have time for one last question. Oh, wait, I don't want to have to choose. This is hard. You choose. <laughs> <laughs> That's not fair. You have to pick. We'll do both of you. <laughs> or, go ahead and then we'll, we'll finish up with you. Uh, my name's Jen. I'm just wondering if there's any races that you haven't run yet that you would still like to run. <laughs> yes, there is. I think uh, I haven't been to Paris. I've been to Paris, but I haven't run the marathon. But if I wanted for charity, charity is what I am up for now in terms of doing the marathon. Otherwise, I think I'd like to do you know, half marathon, uh, Bloomsday. Um, I think. Uh, in Washington, there's a few of those, and um, that and there's a new menu Manchester. Uh, I think it's five mile run that people have been wanting to do by some Thanksgiving Day, and I haven't been able to make it. So those things, but I think if I'm going to do a marathon or half marathon, I want to go to a really really nice place and make something over because when I when I marathon, I'm like I can barely walk for a week. You know, I want I want to be able to enjoy them, but. Hopefully that's. Um, I read in like one of your training blocks, you did it for some like, seven to Ultra Bev, yes. My hats off to the people who done ultras, but I won't do that. <laughs> do you pinkies? I promise? tell people I tell I, I can promise can promise that one. <laughs> I said you know. The marathon, when things are not going your way, it becomes an ultra marathon. And I've been on a few of those, and they're not pleasant. Um, but, you know, you, people say, I love running trails. I don't mind doing 27-mile run, 28-mile run, I think. And in, in beautiful Mammoth Lakes, I was able to do those. And the reason I do that is time on your feet. People say, when I say do your 20-mile long, long run, that means not race pace. It means like about a minute, 10 minute, 15 seconds slower per mile 
just time on your feet. And that's what I did that for when I do 26, 28 mile long run at altitude. I want to be able to, be, my body can sustain that, but also now I can focus on being fast on race day. So um, in terms, uh, you know, I have a lot of respect for people who do ultras, but, uh, you know, I think I love trails, but I, as long as I get my high, whether it's running six miles or 10 miles, or uh, I wanted to be the best marathoner that I can be. That was my goal for a long time, and thankful to God, I have accomplished those. Uh, but I still enjoy running. It's still in my blood. I still have to exercise. I usually think, I, what, in my books, I talk about, I love to sweat. And yesterday, I was running in Florida. I said, I like to sweat, but not this much. <laughs> <laughs> for running only about nine miles, you know? But uh, it's fun. I still love to run, and I hope you guys do the same thing. You know, for the first-timers, good luck, uh, best wishes. And for those of you that have done it, it's a lifestyle. Don't wait. We don't want to wait until the doctor says it's time to exercise. If we, we are ahead of that, it's the best prescription there is to help you be the best that you can be mentally, physically, and emotionally, and spiritually. So enjoy the journey of uh, whether it's 13.1 miles or 13.1 miles or 26.2 and have fun in the process. Meb, we, I think I speak for everyone in this room and beyond when I say thank you for what you do. It is so inspiring and your positivity, everything you've done is just, you know, I think we're all so grateful for you and this sport is grateful for you. And I appreciate that you made one pinky promise so we won't see you <laughs> on the trails, but like, I don't know what else we'll see you doing, but I just wish you all the best. Thank you for being here. Thank all of you for being here. Thank Generation You Can for making this happen. And thank you Finish Line for having us as well. Yeah, clap it up for this guy. Um, make sure on your way out, there's lots of amazing Generation You Can samples. Grab some, then go buy some. Use code on the run. You can get 20% off. Um, thank you all for being here, we'll for spending selfie. your lunch day with us. Meb wants a selfie before you go. <laughs> thank you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the You Can Run a Marathon series on the Alley on the Run show. Next week is our last episode in the series. Greg McMillan and Kathy Yeckel will be here answering all of your training, racing, and fueling questions. As always, you can find me at Alley on the Run 1 on Instagram and Twitter and on the Alley on the Run Facebook page. If you're so inclined, consider leaving a rating and review for the show on Apple Podcasts. That is always so appreciated. Before I let you go, let's give a big thank you to Generation You Can for making this series possible. Go to generationyoucan.com and use code ONTHERUN for 20% off your order and free shipping. If you're trying You Can for the first time, like I said earlier, go directly to generationyoucan.com slash ONTHERUN50 so you can save 50% and get free shipping on the You Can Run Starter Pack. This is a great way to try out the You Can products and figure out what you like as you get really close to race day. I will see you next week for one more hour of marathon talk. Until then, thanks for joining me on the run.